is the Barbell Voodoo Podcast with your hosts, Roy Mangrum and Jamie Free. Welcome to episode six of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Uh, this week on the podcast, we're sitting down with um, former Tennessee Titan Kevin Dyson. Uh, so on January 8th, 2000, he scored the touchdown that would have uh, turned out to change his life forever. The, the Music City Miracle is still a play that is talked about to this day. Uh, they still play it on the Jumbotron uh, for home football games, and that's and that's been over 16 years ago, so... Uh, today we're going to hear all about uh, Kevin Dyson's road to the NFL, uh, what he's doing uh, since he has left the NFL, and then get some untold insights as to how the play almost never even happened because um, he wasn't even supposed to be on the field. So that's a, it's a really cool story. Uh, but before we get to uh, the interview with uh, Kevin Dyson, I just want to say a huge uh, thank you uh, to Sean Ford over at CrossFit Nolensville and uh, Mill Creek Brewing uh, Company uh, for hosting the third annual Throwdown for Autism this past weekend. Uh, we were there yesterday. Uh, huge turnout. is an amazing facility. Uh, the atmosphere was crazy. Uh, just some great athletes just getting busy. We had such a great time getting to see all the people we've seen Um over the past couple years and in meeting some new faces, uh, just want to say thank you uh, for everybody that stopped by and said hi. Also want to uh, uh, ask you, uh, if you're listening to this and you have not subscribed, uh, just click on the subscribe button over on iTunes. It just helps um, the algorithms that uh, boost our, uh, elevates the level of the podcast as far as the rankings go which can help us get our message out to even more people that may not have seen us uh, or have discovered us yet. So when you click the subscribe button uh, once a week, we drop the podcast. It's delivered straight to uh, the device of your choice. Uh, There's zero hassle involved. It costs you nothing. It's absolutely free. And that's exactly uh, uh, what people say it's worth sometimes. (laughs) So anyway... um, Again, when you subscribe, it just helps us uh, to get our message out there. So without any further ado, uh, we're going to go ahead and start the show. So today, uh, sitting here with uh, Kevin Dyson. So uh, if you don't know who Kevin Dyson is, he uh, currently is assistant principal at Independence High School. Uh, Formerly uh, from that, um, played in the NFL for six years. years. Uh, most notably with uh, the Tennessee Titans. So uh, I cornered him, pulled him into a room, and held him by gunpoint. <laughs> get him to sit here and talk to me for a few minutes. So we're just going to get into it and, uh, you know, just talk about his story. Um, it's very unique circumstances for someone to, as you look at the population, the amount of people that make it to that level. I forgot I was looking at a stat one time when I was – working with the team, it was like 0.7% of a high school players make it to the NFL level. Yeah. So it's a huge number. Yeah, I actually know exact numbers um, between how many 
youth football players that made it from that to go in to play high school yeah. all the way through high school now from either freshmen to seniors or sophomore seniors depending on the dynamics of the school and from there you seniors they go on to play college football was you know uh, one point some percent the major college football is less than one percent um, and of course from there to the NFL is less than one percent as well uh, there's a lot of a lot of athletes, um, a lot of people that play sport and um, don't get opportunity or don't do what it takes to get the right opportunities, to get a chance to get opportunity to make play. You know, a lot of people that have talent, and there's kids that don't have talent that that work harder than the people they with They sure talent. do, yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing. And I fell somewhere in the middle. I had talent, and I worked my tail off. So that's all I know. So what was high school? Where where'd you go to high school? In Clearfield, Utah. Clearfield, Clearfield, Utah. Clearfield, Utah. Okay, so, not a whole lot of black folks out there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, oh, I stuck out as an stuck athlete. Out. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, you know, coming from Las Vegas to Utah, uh, being one of the few uh, minorities, let alone black kids, in a, in a school predominantly white, predominantly Mormon, um, it was had a lot of challenges in itself. Yeah, you know, because not only was I dealing with that aspect of being the only one on the team a lot of times, the only minority, only black. Um, I was also dealing when I was I wasn't Mormon. Yeah. And a lot of the coaches were white. A lot of the co- well, shoot, all the coaches were white. All the coaches were Mormons. You know, very few uh, of them. I look back on it. Some of them, you know, it, there was some favoritism outside of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't think about it at the time you know I didn't I just was always been a team player just did what I was asked but it's not until you hear comments from them after what they say to you like oh we should have gotten you the ball more yeah. we should let you play more but now I look back on it like oh you let him do all those things you said I should be able to do because I made it and I was able to achieve even still then they say and then, they're then like, they bring it back then they bring it back and that, so I realized that whether they knew it realized it at the time or not that there was some Underline, not, I don't want to say discriminatory because you know it's hard to do as a coach when you have athletes, but it, whether it be some favoritism mm-hmm. because of this guy went to church with this guy or whatever it was, maybe it was, I don't know, uh, you know, but I look back on it and I had I made the most of my opportunities, and that's all I've ever been taught. And so, all I know. so, the high school team, pretty good, or yeah, state championship good. You know, by we, uh, we won state my okay. senior year football, took third in basketball. Probably should have took second in basketball, maybe won it. We ran into a team. They ended up being ranked number 11 in the country. Mm-hmm. And we played them to a, a two-possession game. Only We're the only school the whole state that year that played them that close. They ended up being 11 in the country, I think, USA Today, my senior year. Um, had several players go visit one. But in football, uh, we won state still to this day. The school is 50, 50 years old now, 50-something years old. And, it's still the only That's state the only championship one. in football. Wow. There's one in basketball, one in baseball, and both of those are in the 60s. And uh, we won it in 1993, so that's, that's 20, 23 years ago. That's so cool. Yeah, so it, it, it's something we're proud of, and I've had part of um, it. was the only state championship team I was part of, obviously. And I was, you know, we had good athletes. We had some pretty good athletes. So from there, uh, college. College, yeah. Where'd you go to college? University of Utah. University After committing Utah. to Arizona State. Yeah. Um, well, I committed to Utah first, went to Arizona State on my official visit, came back, decommitted to Utah, committed to Arizona State. 
<laughs> back and forth. Back and forth. Utah <laughs> called me. I went and visited yeah. them. Um, I had both papers, letters, letters of intent, both papers in my living room the day of signing day, February 1993. And um, I just ultimately, uh, I stuck with my first commitment, the, the school that was with me at the beginning. Arizona State kind of came in late. I wanted to get out, get back out of the state of Utah. I'm a mm-hmm. desert kid. I'm from Las Vegas. I mm-hmm. wasn't a snow kid. I've never been skiing to this day. 40 years old, never been you skiing. Ain't, you ain't missing nothing. I know. I, my <laughs> knees are too bad anyway. And uh, so I just, I wanted to get out of the snow. And Arizona State came late, and that was my way to get out of Utah a little bit. It was the Pac-10 at the time versus the WAC. Um, and all that stuff, the Glisten Glamour, 80,000-seat stadium versus 35,000. Mm-hmm. Um, it just... You know, everything I wanted to be a part of. But Utah was with me from the beginning, recruited me at the end of my junior year all the way through my whole senior year and offered me, first school to offer me, first major D1 school to offer me. Um, and so I ultimately, I took my first commitment. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome that you did that. So and it worked out. What was what sucked about it was my first game as a freshman, we went to Arizona State and got spanked. <laughs> 38 to nothing. Coach, coach uh, looked for you on the sideline. Yeah, he looked for me. I was playing a different position than what they recruited me. I was playing receiver, and they recruited me for a defensive back. And he, he said I would be a good uh, college receiver. Um, yeah, but he thought I'd be an excellent defensive back, which I still think I could have done both. But, uh, yeah, and then we got spanked. And then, <laughs> then they go to the Rose Bowl that year. Oh, and, man. Oh, man. It was like, did I make the right choice? But ultimately, obviously, I had a chance to go pro and, I'm here, man, be able to talk with you and do the things I've done in Nashville, Tennessee. So everything has for a reason. So you're, uh, was you there five years, four years? Uh, a lot Utah. of people, yeah. Five. Um, so you redshirted? Yeah, I redshirted. Okay. 93, I redshirted. I started off not redshirting, then I ended up redshirting. Injury or just? Uh, no need, really. Well, here it was. I, they started me off as a I know a lot, a lot seemed to do it just to give you. I was little. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, kind of um, get you up to speed. Even you know it's it goes from being the I always say the big fish in the little pond yeah. and then now you're in the lake you yeah, know and th- we didn't lift weights and stuff like that back then yeah we were just starting to get introduced to lifting weights and I was I graduated high school 153 pounds six one oh, wow. 153 yeah you but were. I can run yeah and so I was being recruited but I was a little dude and I from my 153 I used to hit you know what I mean so I wasn't mm-hmm. scared of, of contact but I was skinny so you talking about going playing against grown men. 20, yeah. 22, 21, 22 year old uh, men. Here I am, 1,853 pounds going in. That's not after training camp. Yeah. I don't even know. I'm scared to even know what I weighed at. I didn't even think about that part of it. But um, I started playing receiver, catching ball. Then we had some injuries at defensive back. They moved me back over uh, to defensive back. And uh, we were almost, about midway through the season. We were headed to Hawaii. And um, I was. About the red shirt, or I was at that point where you either red shirt or you don't. Mm-hmm. And the receivers coach was like, "If y'all this is gonna use for temporary sake, I can use it for the next four years. So y'all need to make a decision." Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to mess up my red shirt, so I had the full four years, and I ended up playing receiver. And then the head coach now, who his dad was the defense coordinator, he and he became the defense coordinator, replacing his dad, uh, Kyle Winningham, who's now the head coach in versus Utah. He, he introduced the idea of me playing both ways. And my receivers coach and head coach wouldn't do it because I was kick returning, punt returning. I was a holder. I was starting receiver. You're busy. Yeah, so they were like, adding one more thing to his play. I was like, man, I can do it, you know. Yeah. And the design was 
they locked me on the team's best receiver, played coverage behind me, and just let me do that on on certain downs and distances. But they wouldn't, they weren't going for it. I wish I'd have pushed for it harder. <laughs> so uh, you're there five years, then uh, straight to graduate. So I graduated in four. So okay. in my fifth year, I pretty much was playing football to that I had extra yeah. responsibility. Okay, cool. Because uh, there was a lot of rumors about me coming out early, if you will. I I, I graduated, but yeah. I was a junior, eligibility wise, and. Um, my junior had a pretty good junior year, and so there was there was some talk. I talked to a couple agents and things about coming out early. Uh, for a humbled kid, man, I, I was here in you know second, third, fourth round after my junior year, and so I was like, shoot, that's as good as it gets for me. I was yeah. hoping to get opportunity to get a free agent, you yeah. know, maybe somebody give me a chance for a tryout. Yeah. That was all I was ever hoping for. Yeah. And then when they started talking about second, third, maybe fourth round, I said, hold up, wait. I was thinking about it, I contemplated, like, that's the best I can get. And then I said, well, if they thought about it now, if I work hard this offseason, yeah. come back my senior year, maybe I can even jump up into that second round, maybe first round. And um, so I missed the first week of, of workouts. And uh, coaches started calling teammates of mine. What they didn't know, part of me, I was part of that was it, but the other part was I had my wisdom teeth pulled. Oh, yeah. And so I missed a week of workouts. So the coaches, everybody were panicked like I was coming out. But, uh, but ultimately, I, I made the right choice. Cool. So, what's that that whole draft process like? Oh God, man! Check this out. So, I don't. You know, you wait on probably the biggest day in your life. Absolutely. And you're at the hands of somebody else. It's not like it's not like getting married like that kind of big yeah. where you made that decision. You're just going through the process, but you wait on somebody else to make a decision on you. And and do you legit have no real clue? You have no no clue now. Peyton Manning was in my draft. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning knew. Yeah, he had, he knew at the very worst he's going to two. But unless something dramatic happened, like Indianapolis yeah. coach traded from number one to whatever, yeah, he knew where he was going. Right. Ryan Leaf, who was the number two pick, kind of knew where he was going. The rest of us, even though we had, you think about the Hall of Famers there in my draft, the Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Randy Moss, Heinz Ward. The rest of us had no clue. I mean, look at Randy Moss. Randy Moss was supposed to be a top five pick, ended up going 21. Mm-hmm. I went 16. I was supposed to go eight. So, you know, or eight to 16, you know, depending on your draft analysis. So it, it was, um, it's nerve wracking, man. You're just sitting there. And at that time, the, the draft, the first round was a little longer. They had 30 minutes in the first round. Oh, wow. Oh, God. And I went 16. <laughs> so you're talking, I waited three and a half hours oh, to hear man. my name called at 16. You know what I mean? Yeah. At 16, I cannot imagine if I was a fifth or sixth or seventh round pick. That's day two or day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. So and I, I did not invite family over. I mean I friends over. I just had my immediate family that been with me since day one. My day ones were with me mm-hmm. until after my name was called. Then I was like, everybody come over and have yeah. a party. Yeah. I just didn't want that, you know, like I said. I'm getting up until the draft. And you're going eight, you're going 10, you're going 11 because they read the magazines and mm-hmm. press clippings. What I'm trying to avoid because I don't want to see that mess. Yeah. They're telling me, you, yeah, they say you're going number eight to Atlanta or, or Philly. No, that was Baltimore or whoever it was. I'm like, man, nah, man. You know, they, my head's spinning. I'm like, man, I just, I don't want to be drafted. Just get me somewhere. Yeah. And, just, you know, let me put me in this room and then when it's over, come get me come and tell get me, me where messy, I'm going. Man, you pacing back and forth and, I had my brothers, my best friend was there, uh, my daughter, and uh, my girlfriend at the time, her mother, and uh, my mom, and my brothers and sisters, like I said, and 
that was it until my name was called and then families came and friends came and we just and then we got to enjoy that food and had a little party and then I flew out that night to Nashville, Tennessee. That's what I was going to ask that you immediately flew, out the door you yeah, go. Yeah, flew yeah. out that night. Flew out that night. Um, let's see, I, I'm trying to remember the time I got drafted. I think I got drafted around uh, I want to say around the 2 o'clock hour uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2, 2.30, maybe 3, 3.30 and um and then I think I had a flight that evening, wow. and then I was introduced the next morning. That's so cool. Yeah, then I left right back that next night. So I was only here for a day and flew me back, and then I came back up here for uh, summer. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to skip around a little bit. So when you leave the Titans, uh, and I did look at this so I wouldn't be stupid, but I already, already forgot a lot of concussions. <laughs> um, you went to Baltimore? I Is went there? to Carolina. Carolina, mm-hmm. then... San Diego. San Diego. And then Redskins. Redskins. Both where, those where did I get Baltimore Mason. from? Derek Mason, maybe? That's my dude. No. Um, I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, I, I went to several places, but ended up getting released, so I didn't get credit for those seasons. Well, here's here's what I was wanting to ask you about that. So, you're still in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So, what was it, a, you know, I know you were here for the longest period of time. Mm-hmm. Did you ever move? When you no, I kept my house here. You stayed here, just you love the my area. House here. Well, man, you put roots kinda, here. Yeah, I, you know when I when I first moved here, I was scared to death of the South. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, all I knew were the stereotypes. Right, right, right. Um, you know, the the races, the Ku Klux Klan. I mm-hmm. mean, if I'm just being candid, man, I, that's all I knew were the stereotypes. Yeah. Moving to the South, country music, and um, so I got here, and it just became home. Yeah. But when I moved here, or got drafted here, my intent the whole time was to move back out west. Actually, yeah. I was even going to move back to Las Vegas, Nevada, or Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a desert kid, like yeah. I said. I just, I'm not a snow kid. Um, my, you know, my mom was there, but Arizona was close enough that I could take an hour flight and get to my home, get to my mm-hmm. mom, drive if I wanted to. Yeah. And so that was always kind of my plan. And then, you know, you get married, kids, and you fall in love with a city, and then course i played professionally here and i had certain things happen like within my time here with the new city miracle and the super bowl so you build kind of a name here so you have networking mm-hmm. bases here so opportunities to do other things outside of just a day-to-day job right here so it just it just made sense for me to, to put my roots here that's a know, cool city it too. is and i've lived here longer than i lived anywhere in my life now yeah. so i've been here since 1998 uh, so I've been here 18 years. So let's talk about, um, you said Music City Miracle, and that's like one of the biggest, I mean, you still see it. Yeah. They still show it on the Jumbo 16 Tron. years later, it's still yeah. showing it. It's still huge. Yeah. Uh, is that something y'all practiced? <laughs> Not me. You know what I mean? Yeah, or was yeah. it just, here comes the ball at your way, and you just run like yeah. hell? I wasn't even supposed to be on the field. So really? Really, yeah. Uh, Derek Mason, we were talking about before, he went out with a concussion. Um, and at the time he was going out with a concussion, I had went in to get intravenous fluids because I was dehydrated. Yeah. Go figure. It was cold outside, but I diluted <laughs> myself from drinking too much water. Yeah. You know, so there's a balance of having enough sodium and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But anyway, and uh, his backup was Anthony Dorsett, who in late in the game was on the bench because he was dehydrated and cramping up. So lo and behold, they called me because I had a history. I, I returned kicks in college and mm-hmm. they just. Picked me out of blue. Knew I could run a little bit. Knew I had a history of being able to return kicks. Saw me. Kind of was telling me the gist of the play we get out there. 
And uh, just it made it happen. And long and short of it is too, it still didn't go as designed. The, the design was uh, usually typical in that situation is mm-hmm. the other team they squib it on the ground, a low kick on the ground, so right. you don't you're not able to sit up your return. Yeah. But they blooped it in the air, and then probably the of all skilled players, the guy with the most shaky hands, the hardest hands on the team, Lorenzo Neal, catches the ball as soft as a pillow, and had to know with all to give it to Frank Wycheck. The the under little fine print in this story or the the between the lines part of the story that I just found out in the last sixteen years I just found this out like a year ago is that he told Frank Wycheck that he's gonna get this ball and run and give it to him and be ready like he saw it like mm-hmm. he knew enough that he's like I'm getting this ball and I'm gonna get it I'm gonna get it to you so he already knew that and him and Frank we were talking the story together. And I said, I had, I've never heard that. And, and at that time, I think it was 15 years. And um, and lo and behold, how the, from there, once Frank gets the ball, he does what he does. That's, that was actually planned. Like, that's part of the okay. normal practice part of it. Mm-hmm. But the part that changed was he's supposed to make the lateral to the return man to the opposite end of the field, which would have been Isaac Bird with me on the field. But had Derek Mason not got hurt, would have been Derek Mason. Had Anthony Dorsett not got hurt, would have been him. Well, Isaac Bird went into that number one return spot, and I took his spot. Well, Isaac saw the blue kick in the air, and he came up and got out of position. And so I just ended up replacing him out of just out of instincts. And yeah. saw the ball in the air, took a step back, caught it, and ended up being a part of history. Wow. And I get a lot of credit because I scored, but those guys worked on that procedure up until that point every day, every Saturday in practice. It's, it's funny how something... Just one play, just it's huge. It's huge, and it changed the dynamics of my life. It made me relevant for a long time. And I always say this to people: the NFL is not made up of Hall of Famers. That's who we remember, but it's not made up of Hall of Famers. There's a lot of players that come and don that crest on their chest or their lapel, whatever you want to call it, that make up that league, that make the Hall of Famers who they are. Peyton Manning wouldn't be who he was without the receivers catching the ball. Absolutely. You know, I can go all the way back, but we talk about the Peyton Mannings and the, all the Hall of Famers because we glorify people, and, that, and yeah. that's fine, and they need that. But for us role players who made up that league, there's so many players coming in that league. There's only, what, 1,500 Hall of Famers? Yeah. The, there's 1,500 players a year. Yeah. So let alone how many have come and gone. And so to have something to be recognized for and to still have some kind of legacy for – from my time and the sweat and the tears and the pain that I have to this day to still have something be relevant, man, it, it, it's precious to me because not everybody has that. No. Because a lot of guys that are forgotten that had great careers, even better careers than myself, that nobody remembers, that nobody right. talks about at all. Right. But they helped make that league what it is. And so, and that's the unfortunate piece about it. But the guys we see on commercials, the guys we see hoist the MVP trophies at the Super Bowl, stuff like that. Those guys we remember. Well, but like, you know, especially for this city, you know, it mm-hmm. seems like, you know, your name comes up all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's because of two plays, more or less. Yeah, but I mean, but you're you're remembered for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's huge. Yeah. And I mean, you still, um, I know during the season, you're on 104.5. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and again, and that's kind of what we talked about earlier, you know, you talk about some things afford you some opportunities, you know. Um, you know, at that time when I started doing that, I had just retired. 
Um, a lot of guys were still playing ball that I played with, or like Derek Mason, Chris Sanders, and guys like that. Well, Chris wasn't playing at the time, but you know, there's there's some guys that were still playing. So being here, having been a part of two spectacular plays in franchise history, and it was like, why not give Dyson a shot? And you yeah. know, over the years, I've gotten better at it, and I've had to because there's a lot of competition now. Guys that are moving back into the yeah. city that probably want that job. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Um, and I, I love doing that. Yeah. So, you know, but again, you talk about something that affords you opportunities. And that's another reason why I made my roots here in the Asheville area. Yeah. Their studios aren't near as nice as, as these, are they? No, no, not even close. <laughs> I hope this sound works out for you, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> put the earbuds in. Let's see. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, uh, what was I going to touch on? So, well, going to the Super Bowl. What's yeah. that like, you know? Oh man, golly, man, that, that's hard to explain. Cause so, it's, you're in a you're in another stadium. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's a different amount of people, yeah. really. But I would assume, I can't imagine this. Uh, I don't even know if you call it's them butterflies. The, man, it's it can't the even closest, be. It's what I can imagine being the closest to feeling like royalty without being royalty. Yeah, you treat it like kings. You really are. I mean, everything is catered around and to you. Yeah. And not just me and Kevin Dyson, but to our team, my yeah. teammates. And if you're Eddie George, Steve McNair, or whoever, Kurt Warner, yeah. else, <laughs> it's even worse. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's because it's all about you. Yeah. Um, and you're talking to different media outlets from uh, China, Japan, Australia, wow. Africa. You're talking to, it's global. It's, 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 phenom- it's, it's so hard to describe, man. Like, I, the, your, the best I can say is it's the close to feeling like royalty without being royalty. From the time you get off that plane, that red carpet is leading to your buses to take you to the hotel and people sitting there at the hotel waiting with your, your room keys and taking your bags up and handing you stuff and giving you money and giving you a schedule. And, oh, man, it's, it, it, it's, it's intoxicating. It's addictive. Yeah. It's, there's a reason why guys play as long as they want to to get back to that moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I could... Totally see that because you know it's that appreciation, mm-hmm. like you're saying for the you know doing putting your body through what it goes through. Yeah. It's not like it's a normal eight to five job. No. You're you're it's running at at some, you're running at somebody full no. force weighing two sixty, and they're gonna. I still you know, get people that tell me, man, I can play, man. I played in high school. Why I get a tryout? Whatever. I'm like, dude. I know we make that look easy. But you got to imagine everybody's on that level. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they make it look easy. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's just different. I mean, like, if everybody can do it, then everybody would. That's hey, why. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And there's certain things I can't do in this world. And, I, you know, I try. Like, I'm, I'm not Jordan Speed or Roy McIlroy on the yeah. golf course. But I try my dangest. You know what I mean? But, I, but I'm not good. I mean, for a hack. I'm good for me. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I just enjoy going out there and, and trying to get better. And at 40 years old, and to be able to try to get better at something, yeah. I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Because what else am I going to get better at at 40 years old? You know? And, and now, even coming back, even taking care of my body, I mean better. I have better understanding how to take care of my body than I did in my 20s because in my 20s, it just happened. Well, that's what I was going to say. As you get older, you have to get smarter. Yeah. Yeah. As far as taking care of yourself, you're like, man, you're crazy? man, I don't, I don't heal fast anymore. So I right. got to learn how to do mobility. I got to yes. learn all the stuff you took for granted when, yes. you know, 
when you would heal in three minutes. Exactly. You could cut yourself and watch exactly. it heal up. <laughs> now I actually know how to target different muscle groups. Yeah. How to eat properly to, to get trimmed. And, you know, it's just stuff I didn't have to worry about. I had a six-pack. I've had a six-pack my whole life, even when, the, even when I started getting a gut. I had a six-pack. Yeah. Because I've always been slender. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then it's like, well, I'm 240 pounds. That's that's 20-some pounds more than I've ever been in my life. Yeah. And it's like, what happened? And then you do some research. It's like, oh, well, this, this, and this. So it's amazing the stuff we take for granted as we're young. As you yeah. get older, you start going back and say, if I could only go tell my little knucklehead self something back when I was 16 years old, yeah. it saved me a whole lot of headache. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do what I do now. Part part of is to do that. That's why, yeah. that's why I think we have kids, too. That's why people are in education do what they do. I think that's why we have people that are mentors do what they do. That's why people train and, and do those different things. And so I can teach you those things that Pass I Pass on the information, yeah, man. Yeah, so you don't have to go through the same yep. headaches I went through. I always tell the kids in the weight room, I was like, I'm coming to you from the future. Yes. Just listen to what I'm saying. Yes, I love that. I love that. Um, so let's talk about what you're doing now. So, um, you know, you retired from football. You, you got into some radio stuff. Yeah. And then... Uh, you went and started coaching first. Yeah, that, right? started coaching. Started coaching. First. Um, and the radio and coaching kind of started hand in hand. I retired. I was 30 years old. And uh, I was about to be 30. And I was looking for something to get into. And I was like, I, I wanted to coach. And I, I entertained a couple professional things. And I, I did even uh, three or four years into it. Uh, even as recent as probably three or four years ago, I entertained potentially doing it as a profession, like going to college route. Yeah. And... Um, I thought, well, I've had my day in the sun. We, like you mentioned, I moved from here to Carolina, to San Diego, Washington, married. Uh, and so I was like, well, I've had my day of doing all this traveling. And so let me see what a high school life is like. So I started off at uh, Franklin Road Academy mm-hmm. as a part-time PE teacher and coach football and basketball. And I loved it. I loved mentoring the kids. I think what I, what I appreciated about it was I knew those kids weren't Kevin Dyson. I knew... Those kids weren't going to the pros. And so my expectation wasn't for them to be pros. My expectation was to get better from the first time I saw them mm-hmm. to the last day we had practice. And that gave me a different understanding, different patience of what the coaches did for me or even some of my former teammates because I never understood why they were mad at me because I would come second or third in running laps or whatever when I'm the fastest on the team. Yeah. But to me, I'm just happy to get it done. They're like, no, you're, you're supposed to lead because you're the yeah. fastest every time. And I didn't get that. It's coaching them, coaching them up to their individual their abilities, yep. you know, and everybody has different. And that's, you know, you're going to push some people harder oh, than no. others just because you know they have it. Yeah. And this guy over here, yeah, he works hard, but he's, he's not going to do it. And that's we don't all get the, the trophies. Make the ordinary extraordinary. And, yeah. You know, that's why I, I coach. And, and we talked about before we went on the air, man, it's just, I'm, I'm, I miss it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I miss a lot about coaching. I miss that part of it. I miss the X's and O's. I miss the chess game between me and the guy on the other <laughs> side of the field. But um, I just, you know, you start your family, kids, and, yeah. and things like that, and, and your priorities change a little bit. And I, I know I'll get back into it, you know, at some point or another. I'll, I'll start coaching again. So when me and you met, you were already over here at Independence, yeah. and you had you had not taken over uh, football as of yet. Um, so you kind of got suckered <laughs> into coaching, yeah. Because well, I, I know you wasn't, you know, being around you, 
I wasn't you wasn't lobbying for it at all. You was like, no, keep my name out of this conversation. Exactly. I, I, I was here as the athletic director. Um, I didn't know if I ever wanted to be here coach. I knew I wanted to be a coordinator. Uh, I love, like I said, love X's nose and chess match. Um, and we, we went through a search, and we had a couple people potentially, and they didn't work out for this or that. And um, uh, me and Dr. Campbell Todd, my boy, man, we was at his house for something. Uh, before that, one of his assistant principals, Pam, um, she was like, why don't you just have Kevin do that? And me and him were like, nah, 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 nah. That looked too much like I brought him in for that. And that's yeah. why the coach left. I ran him off. So he came, yeah. And it looked too much like that. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want that. I, you know, I'm just here. I, I, I don't even have to coach. I mean, that's, I love it. And whoever we hired, they don't even have to have me. Because some people, that can be a, an issue having a former Titan on their staff. And yeah. now they think that. We may think he knows more than me and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, no. So he must have t- he thought about it. And he asked me over the weekend. And uh, I said, really? And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, man, you know, really nobody else out there. I'm not really happy with the candidates. And I'm getting some bull kind of applicants. And he's like, man, would you do it? I said, let me think about it. Went home, talked to my Put you on the it. spot, yeah. Yeah, and I called him up and said, yeah. Because at the time, I was doing everything anyway. I was doing all the conditioning. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was even doing the weight room stuff until yeah. I had you do it for me. Yeah. And um, so I was, I kind of was doing it all anyway. As the head coach, mm-hmm. I took all the inventory. I cleaned out the equipment room. I cleaned out. And I was doing all that stuff anyway. And so it just, it just made it an uh, easier transition. And so that uh, Monday or Tuesday... I think it was a Monday. We were about to do workouts, and he went ahead and introduced me as a head coach, and I did that for three years. And, um, and yeah, man, it was one of the funnest times of my life, man. I, I, I tell people all the time, like, compared to playing, man, that is so different. I it was learned, a fun run. I learned a whole lot more coaching than I did playing. Yeah. And that's crazy to say, considering the level that I played at. But I was able to – I shouldn't say I learned more. I was able to take what I learned from the pros. I didn't realize how much I learned from playing professional football that I could take the, to, to secondary education and put it together and, like, that's what that means. And then mm-hmm. connect the dots. Because, you know, you're playing. I knew a lot, but I never connected the dots and why it was important that this receiver does this because the lineman is doing this or this running back is doing that because that safety. Well, is, you're, you're looking at it from – from all you know, 30,000, you know, yeah. in the sky looking down going, oh, okay, there's, yeah, exactly. this is the actual chess match. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just being one of the yeah. pieces. And I can see why it's addicting. It's intoxicating, man. I, yeah. I can see why people do it for a very long time. And, and I had planned on doing it for a long, long time, too. But, you know, like I said, priorities change a little yeah. bit. And, um, you know, I, I left here, as you know, I left here. I had a good team coming. Yeah. yeah I had, and yeah. obviously they won state. So, yeah. Um, so it was hard. It was a hard thing to do, but. Ultimately, it was a, it was the right thing. I think for for a lot of different reasons, it, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, um, that was a special group. It was that that group that came. A lot out. of them played for me as freshmen. Yeah, and, you know, well, that was yeah, they yeah, were. They were um, yeah. um, I remember that. I was messing with Nate. I said, like, "Dude, you used to be so skinny standing yeah. in that weight room. I felt oh, I was scared it was going to break." All of them. <laughs> I mean, and uh, Andrew Bunch started started the very first game as mm-hmm. a freshman. And of course, he goes out there with no flag jacket on, embraces ribs and spleen yeah. and everything mm-hmm. else he did, you know. But and then I, Jordan Pope and Daniel Wright and several other guys, the Newberg, several other guys that, that Thomas New, Newberg, um, Th- 
Thomas song. What's his last name right now? I can't think oh, of it. Oh, shoot. I'm bad with names. Um, but anyway, he long snapped for me the whole year. Yeah, that's new. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. He's long snapped for me the whole time. Yeah. As a freshman. Yeah. You know, so all these guys, you know, I, you saw it in them. You knew they were going to be good. And so, and that was one of the struggles with when I got the opportunity to go to administration and I got that phone call. That was that, that tug of war that was going back and forth in my mind is this team, ah, you know, and Red Roberts, who you know was one of the yep. assistant coaches, he mm-hmm. said, Kevin, kids come and go. Yeah. Uh, but with this opportunity, still be Exactly. There. Exactly. And I was like, you know what? It won't. So I got to make a move. And, you know, so I think, like I said, at the end of the day, they got a great coach and Scott, man, uh, who I respect, if I have always respected. Matter of fact, um, I had him in line to interview for me at Stewart's Creek. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, Todd hurt, got win or got to him first, offered him before he can get a chance to get to me. Oh. So, so, but ultimately, he made the right choice yeah. as well. He's um, good. He's good dude. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah. Um, talking talk about on the sideline. So I remember Nate was a freshman. He may have been a sophomore at the time. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna say the guy's name, but he would uh, uh, run back kicks. And I'm, Nate was standing. He goes, "Man, I wish one day I could learn to run like that." Yeah, yeah. So senior year, it was at state. Nate comes back over sidelines. He's just scored, mm-hmm. and is after halftime we were you know killing him. He was there. I was like, so you still wish you could run like that? He's like, because <laughs> that kid, God dang, yeah, he got some wheels, and he can see that field, man. Yeah, he was he was a special talent, especially when we come return them. Kids. Yeah, I don't know how many games he kept us in or actually won for us. Yeah, that Nate in freshman year. I know you're talking about my godson, so. Yeah. I know you're talking about. <laughs> uh, how's he doing? I haven't seen him. He's doing okay. He's about to have a baby. I heard that. He's about to have a baby. He's out there. In Is California. he healthy he's now? Or? He's, he went to spring ball. Okay. Uh, I talked to him via text, I should say, uh, several weeks ago. Um, but I did reach out to him that spring ball's over to see how his health is. I knew he had surgery. Yeah. At some mm-hmm. point. And he I went stopped. through some spring ball. Yeah. He, he was limited, but he did go through. I watch him on the Facebook. Yeah. Try to keep over there, buddy. Yeah, man. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, anyway, yeah, you left for um, so football. You mm-hmm. got the opportunity mm-hmm. to get into administration. Mm-hmm. So you left Independence, uh, went to uh, uh, another school mm-hmm. here in the general area. Right. Um, now you're back here. Yeah. And it worked out. Um, kind of the initial plan was when I started this journey, I was asking friends of mine, Ty being one of them, um, you know, kind of what I needed to do. You know, I wanted to coach, but I knew the more money was in administration. I was doing private school at the time, and, you know, Ty helped me map it out. Ty and other, some other people helped me map mm-hmm. it out. You know, so I got into Trebekah, got my first master's degree, and I, found, I got that in administration. I found out you can't be an administrator, administrator in public school without a teaching license, so I had to go back to school, <laughs> get my teaching degree, my teaching license. and and um, So anyway, so long and short, me and Todd talked about, you know, potentially me becoming an administrator here. But, you know, of course, that was down the road mm-hmm. type thing. But when I got opportunity to leave and get help get validated, Away from my one of my friends, yeah, yeah, it kind of helped the transition for me to go from the school over there to here. And um, so people were like, Okay, well, he got picked for somebody who didn't even know me, right? Asked me to come be administrator, right. and then so when I came here, it was like, Okay, 
And so you opened that school there, yeah, right? Yeah, I helped open the school. Yeah. Uh, started a whole athletic program over there and everything. That's cool. Yeah. So what's, what was it like uh, making the homecoming? I know when <laughs> when uh, your name come up that you was coming back, like everybody's, you everybody's know very excited. It was, it was fun. It was some excitement. I think, you know, I'd be curious to, I'd be curious to hear their thoughts because, mm-hmm. you know, like your wife, like Brandy, Brandy, you know, she's always been my girl, so she... She was overly excited. She, you know? she knew that they dropped the dime on her before anybody knew. Exactly. She yeah, was she, so excited. Yeah. So, Brandy, I, you know, I knew I always had a homie. I was, I, I wasn't worried about that. <laughs> but, you know, some of them, you know, I'd be curious what they had to say. I think there was some, like, is he going to do a good job? Yeah. They haven't seen me in a couple of years. How is he? Is he different? You know, um, that type of thing. But overall, man, it's been very positive. I think I've shocked a lot of people, honestly. Yeah. Uh, maybe not in my ability, just in how I respond mm-hmm. to certain things and maybe how I handle certain situations. I think that has shocked a lot of people, I think. But um, other than that, I'd be curious to hear from their perspective. I mean, everything everything I've heard from people has been positive. Yeah. You know, I'd tell you. I mean, that's, I, that's what I feel like it's been. Yeah. But, you know, again, you know, that's just from... You know, I'm in it, so it's yeah. hard for me to really. They're see not going to tell you if right, they're not, they're right? Them they're not. So I don't know. I mean, but I, I feel like I've done. I've been fairly fair and decent with everybody. I try to listen to everybody's concern. I try to handle everybody's respect, and I try to make sure that every teacher's back that needs it. And uh, I think I've, I've, that's one of the big things. I think ultimately, when I've heard teachers' concerns, even as far as administrator, the thing that teachers like the least is an administrative team. That does not have their back mm-hmm. and does not support. I agree them. with that. And I, uh, yeah, so I want to make sure I'm always having your back and I show support. And, well, I know, like with Brandy, she'll come home talking about certain things, yeah. and you know, I think that's their biggest concern ever, um, yeah. especially when stuff comes down from state. You know, hey, we got to do this, we got to do that, and she's like, well, at least you know, the, our administration has our back. It's yeah. not like, oh well. You're tough. Deal with it. Go deal yeah. With it. yeah, you know. And I think that comes from top down, obviously. And me and Todd, obviously, Dr. Campbell, we definitely have def- similar personalities. Very similar, and, you yeah. Know, so, you know, we kind of treat situations the same, you know, understand at the same time. We have a job, just like they have a job. But mm-hmm. if you deal with people, and, and if, you, if you care enough, about those people, they, they'll do what they, what they can for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So. That, I think that's any bitch. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, or anything, you know. Yeah. Always, my, my mom would say, "Catch more flies with honey than Thank vinegar." You. Thank you. You yes. know, I and tell that to teachers all the time. Yeah. Man, you know, and be proactive. Yeah. You know, and uh, if people are jerks to you, like I, I, I've had experience with parents just dog cussing me on the phone, and I'm just like, "Thank you." Like, <laughs> nice. And I did that here. I, I had a dad. He was mad. His son had missed a week of practice from being sick. And then he missed that, and, and a game. Mm-hmm. Then missed like two or three days of the next week, which is homecoming week. Mm-hmm. Came the Thursday night before the homecoming game. The walkthrough or whatever. Walkthrough. Yeah. And didn't play except for in the garbage time, if you will, yeah. of the homecoming game. He didn't start, didn't play much. He didn't even know the play. I mean, he, he other than, the, you know, he knew his base stuff, but not yeah. the game plan. Yeah. And they got mad at him. Me and the offensive line coach. And they start. He's bad. Started cussing us. Called me a whole bunch of names. And I was like, "Thank you. I appreciate that." <laughs> and I knew it, it made him mad. It made more, him even more mad. But I knew my truth, and I knew what I did was right. I, I could not justify putting him in front of whoever he was, whoever his backup was, 
who had been there for those two weeks, grinding it out, and you've been gone. And part of those times, I had no idea where you even were, but you expected him to play? It blows my mind. Number one, you you know me and how people annoy me, yeah. to be honest. But yeah. how some of these parents, uh-huh. just they're like, man, my kid is... He is the greatest ball player ever. I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you sure? Because yeah. I've seen him play. Exactly. When he does get minutes, and, and he's not making the most of them. I'm telling you, parents think coaches are stupid. There's they, no coach they, in yeah. this world would not play a kid that can help him win. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. If a kid can help me win a game, he's going to play. They're never going to bench a kid out of uh, a grudge. Yes. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nope. It, it, and, and I don't know why parents would think that, like, yes, your son is so good that he can help me win football games and I'm going to sit him down. Because you don't like him. Because I don't it's, like him. That's what it is. <laughs> it, doesn't make, it doesn't make no good sense. It makes no, it sense. no sense. You hear it all the time. You hear it every – I heard it this year. If your son was better than the person in front of him, mm-hmm. he's going to play. Yep. He's going to play. Now, there's a difference. If the kid's a senior and your kid's a freshman, athletically and talent-wise, he might be better. But mentally – Different. Yeah, he's That's different. different. Yeah. You know, but physically he might be. Mentally he's not. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with him because he's not going to make the mistakes or something, but you know he's athletically gifted. Yeah. There's a difference in that. What I'm talking about is when they're both equal as far as that, and then athletically your son is just not the same as this mm-hmm. other kid. That, there's no way. But it is. It'd be, it'd be great if they could open their eyes. And of course, we don't have kids. Yeah. So we, you know, we, when me and Brandy talk about it, of course, I get fired up. I get irritated. Yeah. Because last thing I like hearing is somebody bad mouthing a coach. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll talk to me, and of course, I shut them down. I'm like, no, your kid ain't that good. Nothing, no offense. I love him. Yeah, yeah. But it's it is what it is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's he's good. Maybe he can do something else. I don't know. So uh, it's draft time. So mm-hmm. what do you think? Uh, how did the Titans do? I know it's a big I, I, big man, change in subject. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they were excellent. <laughs> I thought he, Robinson has a plan. He's sticking to it. Yeah. He has an idea, kind of identity he wants the franchise and team to be. Um, he's going with it. He sticks to his guns. I mean, I think every foreign player I've talked to is, would echo that and has. The ones I've talked to, mm-hmm. um, he's doing an awesome job, man. I believe, I, I, I agree. I, I just, and it might not translate to a whole lot of wins, mm-hmm. at least early on. I don't even care. I'm just happy that he has a plan and a focus, and it seems like everybody's on board from the players to the administration. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's going to be – I think it'll be a better product on the field. Now, does that mean they're going to win 12 games and go to the Super Bowl? No, it doesn't mean that. But at least you can feel more hopeful. Yeah. You know, I think there was a, a sense of lost hope in the last year or so. Now, even, be good. even when they brought Mariota in, yeah. um, it seemed – like people were excited because it was him, yeah. but the I think the realists were going, yeah, but you that's that's it. That's it. You know, you didn't those other pieces. I mean, you see it. You know, man, he got the hell beat out of him all year long. Yeah. You know, poor guy. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think now they're putting those other pieces. You yeah. know, of course, I'm I'm biased. Derrick Henry, I think that's huge. Oh, I love that. I love that pick. Yeah, man. Now, so many people were bad on it. They're like, I, you know. That Alabama type of running haters. style is obsolete. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of room for that type of back anymore. Um, and I said that. People were mad at me around here. Mm-hmm. The Alabama fan, man, when I said Trent Richardson, Trent Richardson would be a flop. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not that style. I mean, there's, the Eddie Georges of the world just don't exist anymore. 
There's only one back right now that's like that, and that's Adrian Peterson. He's yeah. the last of the Mohicans. He's, he's 40, what's he now? He's 30 years old. Oh, is he only 30? Yeah. I thought he was 40. Or so. No, he's only 30. Okay. He's like 30, 31. Okay. But he's at the tail end of his. Yeah. Like, he's the last one as every down back. Everybody's doing it by committee. What I like about the Henry pick is you got DeMarco, DeMarco Murray and a Henry in the backfield. And you just wear people out. You get the if one, the one, two 12, punch. Yeah, yeah. He's got twelve carries. He's got fifteen carries. Going to the fourth quarter, and you tired. You tired, and you tired of just going against either one of them. And neither one of them had a whole lot of touches. And you get to the fourth quarter, and you still got to bang heads with them too. Yeah. And they they're not even tired because they've yeah. been sharing. Yeah. Man, that's but again, NFL is about ups and downs and adjustments. So what's happening is you're starting to see NFL is realizing defenses are getting smaller and faster because everybody's passing the football. Right. So offenses are going to start flipping that and showing the game running. and getting bigger yeah. and going straight downhill, attacking these small defensive ends and between linebacker types and start running at them again. And so what's going to happen? Linebackers get, get big. You know, start so passing it's, again. It's, it keeps it goes going back like, and forth. Yeah, it is. That's it's nobody reinvents the wheel. They just – Try to create matchups and win. Cyclical is that the word? I don't how you say Reciprical? that. Reciprocal. Where it just you know we're here, we're going back. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just it keeps going replicates. back. Replicates, yeah. Where it just keeps going. What's old is new. What's yeah, new is old. old. This keeps it. repeating. Everybody just re 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 reinvents, if you will, the same yeah. thing over yeah. and over, yeah. and like spread. Yeah, that's nothing but the run and shoot. You know, but they somebody added a piece here and they called it something different and then took over. The old wildcat offense—that mm-hmm. was a um, what's they called the four the four horsemen Notre Dame same offense they ran back in the day, mm-hmm. you know. But they called something different because the running back took the snap. Oh, nobody really makes the wheel. They just called it something different, you know. And, yeah. and then it, that kind of irked me because I man, that was one thing I heard when I was head coach here. We should do more wildcat, more wildcat. Basically, how these quarterbacks in, unless you got a quarterback like Andrew Bunch that is yeah. a true dropback type quarterback, yeah. high school football is wildcat because most of the guys back there are athletes that run the football that can throw a little bit for the yeah. most part. You know, very, well, very, like you said, throw a little bit. Yeah. Most of them don't have an arm that's that accurate. Thank you. Throw lasers. Thank you. Um, that kid throws some lasers. Exactly. So, unless you got a guy like that, which is far in between in mm-hmm. high school football, in, in every district you may have one guy, maybe two. Mm-hmm. You know, but the rest of them are athletes back there that the best option they have right. to play quarterback. Right. You know, so most of the offenses are wildcat. You know what I mean? So True. If, yeah. If, if you will. If you don't see anything, then you're just going to have to pull it down and take off. Right. Um, well, cool, man. Um, anything else going on, cool? That's it, brother. I'm about to head out to Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Oh, that's right. This coming right, weekend. Friday. This coming weekend. Yeah. Right? My first trip up there, talking about sporting life. It's is it your one, first one? My first one. You talk about oh, bucket wow. list items. I've always wanted to go. Uh, I've been to a Final Four. Obviously, I've been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I've been to NBA Finals. Um, I haven't been to a World Series game. But you're talking about my sports bucket yeah. list. This is one of them. Um, so, I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, you play golf a lot. What about Masters? Is I that been, that's another one. That's, that's another one. one Check off. Um, uh, I definitely got to go to that, too. Well, I'll be in Kentucky next week, but it'll be for work. It won't be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. that time of year again where I got to travel. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, man, thanks for sitting down oh, with man, us. No problem. Anytime. All right, see you. All right.